everybody. You're listening to TBC Parent Podcast, where we take time each episode to discuss topics and ideas that are relevant to today's parents. I am Josh Dansel, children's pastor at Temple Baptist Church. I'm married to my wonderful wife, and together we have three beautiful girls. I will be sitting down with different people to discuss these topics and help us understand them better. Hey everybody and welcome to episode one of our parent podcast here at Temple Baptist Church. I am Josh Dansel and I'm the children's pastor and today we've got a lot of good topics we're going to be talking about and I've brought in Andrew Heptonstall, our student pastor here at Temple and today we're going to be talking about uh, COVID-19. Obviously this is one of those things that's very prevalent right now all throughout the world, the U.S., people in uh, different kind of sorts about that but uh, Brother Andrew's got some great topics he, he, he wanted to bring to the table today. So, Andrew, if you would, just tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. So uh, I've been here at Temple. This will be five years uh, in this October, which uh, doesn't seem quite right. Uh, But I've been in youth ministry for 14 years. Um, My wife and I have been kind of soldiering together in that in that field. And so we've seen a lot of different things throughout our 14 years of youth ministry. And this by far is probably the most unique of all experiences with this whole COVID-19 thing and everybody's world is kind of shaken at this point in time. And um, so it's, it's definitely brought some new challenges to youth ministry, but uh, I've learned some things. And so kind of excited to kind of talk about some of those things and, and how parents can partner with their teenager during this crazy time. That's very good. So uh, since this is episode one, I just kind of wanted to set the stage on what this podcast is going to be about. And so what we want to do is just we're, we're bringing in topics, different ideas, and our hope and our plan is, is like Andrew just said, is to, is to partner with the parents. We want the church to be able to be able to partner with the parents. And we know that this is the greatest way we can have the most influence uh, with your child, your student. And so that's our hope is we just want to be able to help you, the parents, uh, through whatever it is that these struggles may be. And so so like I said, specifically today, we're going to be talking about the idea of uh, COVID-19 or coronavirus and just some of the things that uh, we have heard here uh, at the church uh, since we've kind of opened back up. We've had some opportunities just to connect with some kids, have some uh, some actually pretty impactful uh, conversations with them. And so I just want to touch base a little bit uh, before we get over the student side of things with Andrew is, is some of the things that we've been talking about uh, with children. And, and here recently, we know that the mandate came out uh, with children having to wear masks at school. And that's been one of the things that you have uh, kids on different sides of the fence, like, how am I going to wear a mask all day? I don't understand. And before we've even seen what this is going to look like, they're already imagining the worst. And that's that's what children do is they have an imagination. And and so a lot of that's come into light. But uh, a lot of the uh, from a lot of the conversations that I've had um, and, and the reason I wanted to do this podcast uh, so quickly is just some of the things they said. And, and honestly, there is this sense of fear and anxiety that's, that's coming along with it, which um, I, I don't know how much anxiety, I guess, that I had as a child, but it seems like the more that's coming out uh, in the world, uh, just adding this on top of it, it seems like more kids struggle with this. Uh, I think a lot of it is because there's a disconnect of, of how to deal with these issues and these struggles, uh, maybe not taught how to handle these things, how to cope with them how to overcome them, but there actually has been several conversations of kids just uncertain as to what's going to be happening uh, in the future. So for for me, at least, with the, with the children, is just, like I said, this big fear of the unknown. And uh, so, Andrew, if you would, you want to just shed a little bit of light. Have you had some good conversations with some students, and, and you want to shed some light on that? 
Yeah, so um, obviously this thing has affected not just elementary kids, but middle school, high school, and all all inclusive right there. And and it is kind of an unforeseen thing, and, and kids don't really know how to respond during this time. And, and honestly, they're they're looking at the adults on how they respond to kind of figure out how they're going to respond. And uh, which is kind of a challenge to me as a parent. I need to make sure I temper my responses to make sure that I'm not uh, overreacting or reacting in a way that's going to cause my my own kids to react in a negative or destructive way. And um, and so there's there are people are really vocal right now. And I've had some conversations with some different teenagers. Matter of fact, I had one um, that reached out to me not long after the shutdown of the schools because if you remember. Uh, at least here in Alabama, it was supposed to be a temporary shutdown, maybe two weeks at most, and that was just to let this thing kind of pass. And obviously, that didn't quite plan, pan out the way we thought it was. And so now here it is, complete school year has has went by, and we're getting ready to start a new school year. And I had a senior that uh, reached out to me not long after the school shut down, and and they realized they were not going to be reopening. And uh, he just said, "Man, I've realized that my whole life." I've been playing football and been playing baseball. I spent a lot of time in practices and sports. And he says, and now I don't get to do those things. And and my, my baseball season ended without me ever getting to play. And I'm not getting to walk, walk the stage. I'm not going to have my senior prom. And he said, all these things that I've spent my whole life thinking was important. My whole, my whole high school career thinking was the most important thing has now disappeared. And I've realized it wasn't that as important as I thought it was. And, and he's, he's a believer, and he, he said, you know, one thing I've realized is uh, the one thing I, I should have been doing this whole time is, is spending more time trying to live out my calling. And, and so he's reaching out to me. He says, I, I want to get more involved. I want to get involved in missions. That's what's most important. And uh, it took this pandemic, this craziness, this uncertainty to kind of shake his core and make him realize that, man, he just needed to shift his focus. So in all the, all the negative stuff, we've also seen some positives come yeah. out of this. And with some kids kind of reevaluating their their um, their priorities and what's important, what's not important. And for this young man, uh, he realized, hey, everybody else is moping and crying about they're not going to go to prom. And he's thinking, man, there's a lost world out there that I have been ignoring my whole high school career because I'm so focused on football and baseball. And now that all that's gone, he's like, I need to do something about this lost and dying world. So that was a huge eye opener for me that, that, you know, hey, kids are looking at us and waiting for us to respond. And we need to be sure that we're responding the right way and during this time as well. Well, I think that's uh, uh, pretty cool you said that. I mean, and th- that was one of the things that I, I guess I really experienced through all this is is uh, there is some great things that ha- has happened out of this. And I remember when we started going on shutdown, there was even a period of time that um, we we actually went. We, we were no longer here at work. We had to we had to socially distance. We had to do all that at home. We had to work from home and do those kind of things. And, you know, it was so many things that that I realized I kind of took for granted, not even realizing it. I mean, uh, you took Sunday morning worship away from us Wednesday and, uh, you know, it just kind of lit a new spark when we were able to open up again and just having that spark again and being able to realize how important it is that, you know, either we as uh, ministers here at the church or as uh, as parents, because I remember spending time with my kids and being able to just personally show them and help them to experience what, you know, worship at home may be and, and even spending that time together. There was a lot of time that was spent with my family uh, that, you know, I, I cherished during those 
time. So there, I think you're right. There's some some great things that's happened through this. Uh, so Andrew, as as you know, you and I were talking. Um, you know, we t- we talked about what, what do you what do you think the biggest need uh, for our children or for our students is? What do you think the greatest need to help us to kind of overcome, so to say, this pandemic? So uh, as Josh brought up the online worship and stuff. Uh, one thing I've learned during this time is I'm glad we had that tool. I'm glad we had the access to online church and everything, but it is such a terrible replacement for the real thing. <laughs> yeah. um, it, it, it's it's so it, it, it had a purpose, but once you realize uh, and you kind of pull away from community, you realize how desperately you need community. And that's one thing a lot of the teens have realized during this time is is, is the need for each other. And I think it's important to note that. You know, Scripture in the New Testament, I think it mentions the word one another uh, 52 times. Just that phrase, one another, and he uses it in a different context. Pray for one another, exhort one another, encourage one another. Um, because the way that God designed us and, and put us together is is for a desire to be in community, to be in relationship. And obviously during this time of isolation and quarantine, community has kind of been stripped away. And so one of the things I've realized is that our teens and our, our students need community, they need relationship. And and you might be kind of <laughs> shocked by that because your teenager may lock themselves in the room for eight hours a day and not come out except for food. But uh, during that time, they're locked in the room. They're also online. They're talking to people. They're watching YouTube. They're chatting with friends. And so they're still kind of superficial community going on, but, but it does not replace the actual one-on-one connections uh, that one-on-one relationship. And so uh, as parents, I would encourage you to really engage with your your child during this time. Um, don't let them become hermits that lock themselves away. Don't let them become isolated to the point where you don't see them but a few hours a day because really they need that community. They need that 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 physical touch. They need that interaction. They need to see a face. They need, they need that time together with uh, another living, breathing person because this is how God created us. Um, so I would say definitely there is a need for community, a need for relationship that's been programmed in every child and student and every person in general, because that's just the way God knit us together is for that need. Well, I think it's interesting, too, that you said about even if your your kid's one of those that go and lock themselves in a room for eight hours. One of the things that I've seen since we opened back up the church is some of the children that I would kind of say are more introverted that kind of tend to tend to stay to themselves. I've noticed how since we've started back to church, how some of these kids are walking up to other kids and actually creating conversation, which was bizarre to me because these are usually the kids I would have to go up and kind of strike and get, get, get the conversations going. So, you know, that was actually one of the things that I saw with, with the kids. And if, if I talk about my own children, I mean, there was this period of time when we were at home and it was like, Hey, can so-and-so come, come over to the house? Hey, can, can we go play at so-and-so's house? And it was to the point as a parent that I'm like, I'm getting so frustrated, like, hey, can't we spend time as as a family? Can we not do this? But what I began to realize is these kids were, my children had, you know, through school had been accustomed to being able to be with their friends, to be able to have the community, like you said, to be able to have fun, to be able to share the things going on in their lives with the people around them. And, you know, it it really showed me, you know, you you talked about technology. We had our, our Zoom meetings. 
and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> there for just a little bit, we had uh, online Zoom small groups. Now, again, <laughs> that time had its place and purpose, but it was for me as as the leader trying to set this up was so uh, frustrating, just trying to get everybody to connect. But it was amazing how I turned on these Zoom meetings, and then I just saw kids' faces light up because they saw somebody they hadn't seen in a month to two months. And and what was interesting about this is there really wasn't even good conversation that happened. I remember just sitting back and seeing one kid walk away from the screen. I'm like, where are they going? And they bring back a dog, and they just sit the dog in his lap. And, and everybody just stopped and said, hey, what's your dog's name? And then they just started talking about a dog, and it was nothing important other than that they were connecting together and they were able to share in something and be excited with one another. And like you said, have that community together, that need for relationship to be able to grow in, so to say, one another. Uh, so I think that's very important is just we got to realize that how important that that community is. So, you know, one of the things I would <clears throat> just stress as a parent is identify where that community can be for you. Um, you know, obviously, we've opened back up as a church. We have our small group. We have all those things that, you know, we're doing social distancing. We're doing the temperature checks, but it's not the only option out there. I mean, again, this is for to help the children. So there's there's other things. I know there's uh, different activities. There's some different camps that I've heard going on, and it may just be as simple as connecting with another family that's on your street. And so I, I do think that this opened up some some areas of opportunity just to connect with people maybe we haven't connected with in a while. So um, and Andrew, I know you mentioned the community, and I can't help but think of how school really connects or, or really helps our our children and. Mm-hmm. And I know as this mandate's coming, uh, I've, I've already seen on Facebook and I've seen in different areas that, you know, people talking about keeping their kids homeschooled and all those things. And we're not here to talk about, you know, whether you should, whether you shouldn't, how you're supposed to parent, how you're supposed to do those things. But, you know, I know for, for, for my child, uh, the need of community and relationship is so strong that I'm, I'm going to have to send my, my daughter to school. And, uh, but it's not just for the community, but there's, there's this idea of a schedule and a structure that these schools provide. I, I know that was one of the things we we tried to keep going for Brooklyn. Uh, she was school-aged. Even for my middle child, Kylie, if you don't give that girl structure and a schedule, she's going to she's gonna turn into like one of those purple minions off of Despicable <laughs> Me, and she's going to do her own thing. But uh, just th- that that's one of the things I do love about school is it provides this this structure, this schedule that that helps them to be able to, to, to function, to do the things they need to do. Uh, but also, you know, I, I think that I would be safe to say that we're kind of in this world that um, as parents, I, I've seen a lot of times that if we don't have a schedule or structure, we just say, yeah, you can go play on your tablet for four hours. And who knows what they're looking at? Who knows what they're doing? And then when we actually try to get them to do things, they're they're they don't quite want to do it. I mean, why would you want to do that when you can go just sit on your tablet and look at YouTube uh, for, for hours? So have you, do you see any benefits, Andrew, of, of let's say a, a schedule structure for the kids? Do you think that would, or for the students, do you think that would be beneficial for them as well? Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, matter of fact, I talked to a, a guy that goes to our church and he works in the school system and he, uh, I, I, I don't know his, his official title. He's some kind of therapist. He works with uh, specifically a lot of troubled teenagers and he said during this time of quarantine what he has seen is there's been a relapse in, in destructive behavior so kids who were progressing and, and doing well in school and, and making better decisions he said now that that structure has been stripped away they're going back to old behavior and going back to old uh, destructive vices and he said man it's, it's been detrimental to the progress that these teenagers have made during the school year because the school year provided structure 
And, and so when you remove a schedule, unscheduled time leads to risky behavior. And, and so, uh, what happens is kids start getting experimental. They start getting curious. They start getting mischievous. They start doing things. They start acting out. They, they kind of, uh, you know, do things they would not normally do because honestly, they're bored. Um, and, and honestly, they got time, you know, so what else are they going to do? And, and so we need to be creative on how to fill that time, how to put something in there that's structured, whether it's chores, you know, they have, the first part of the day. And, and man, there is so much material out there on the internet you can find. You can Google uh, uh, schedules for home and they have it blocked out, you know, from this time to this time we do uh, this activity, from this time to this time we do chores, from this time to this time we do an outside activity. And I know you might be thinking, well, I got a 17-year-old or a 15-year-old. Like That doesn't seem like it's going to work. Um, it will. It will. And, and there's different things you can do as a family to create some structure. Um, you, can, you can plan a day Every day, uh, one day a week, you, you find some kind of family project you could do. You know, you can find some old family photo albums and you just go through and you organize these family photo albums together and, and go over the family tree and the history and recreate that family history. Or you could write letters to, uh, to grandparents and aunts and uncles that live in different places and, uh, maybe spend some time doing something creative for, for people in, 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 like that are shut ins or living in nursing homes right now that don't have the ability to get visitors. You can create some, artwork or encouraging messages and letters to send to them. Um, one thing that we've done in our house, of course, I have a 10-year-old, so I don't necessarily have a teenager yet, but we have tried to to teach our kids new responsibilities. And so my, my little girl uh, has been wanting to learn how to cook. And so we have been allowing her to start cooking more. Matter of fact, she made breakfast for us the other day by herself, made eggs, bacon, toast, like the whole nine yards, because um, we've spent time teaching her new responsibilities. And uh, teaching them how to mow grass or weed eat or use a pressure washer or um, how to start the grill and cook on a grill. There's there's things we can be doing as a family, as parents, to to bring some structure and bring some schedules into their life. And listen, um, this is kind of a soapbox, I guess you would say, but I, you know, I'm going to put it on front street. I like being transparent. You are the parents, all right. You you have the ability to dictate how much time they spend on this device and and. Um, I, I want you to understand you have every right to be all up in their business. Okay. Social media is terrible. Um, there's a gateway to a whole lot of, uh, of the world that a lot of kids should not be involved in. And so, uh, if, if your kid does spend a lot of time on YouTube and, and the internet and on different types of social media apps, you need to be in their business. You need to figure out what they're looking at, what they're searching, what they're, who they're talking to, why are they talking to them? Um, because it's a dangerous world out there. Um, but structure is so important. Because once it gets ripped away, now they have all this free time. They start dabbing in things they shouldn't be dabbing in. They start experimenting and start looking for things. They start getting in trouble. Um, maybe they're just acting out. Maybe they've got a lot of energy. Maybe they're just doing things that are kind of uh, unlike themselves. And, and so I, I would encourage you, find some ways to bring some structure, some schedule into the home. Because that is going to help them, uh, especially going to the new school year. School year is starting in a few weeks. And they need to start having that structure now to get them ready for what they're about to have uh, have in their face in a few weeks with all the new changes and things. All right. So that's, I mean, those are some great points. Actually, as you're talking about some of that, it, it, 
Brooklyn has been asking multiple times about uh, doing making breakfast. It's interesting you said that. So that may be one of those things that we try. And, uh, man, I, isn't that why we had kids to kind of do <laughs> stuff for us? <laughs> Go mow the lawn. I taught you how to do that last week. Uh, but no, for real, those are those are great things. And I, I do think the schedule and the structure uh, is good. And 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 you hit on the social media too. And 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 I think that's so crucial. Not not even for just your your the student level that what you have, but even in the children level. I, I know that. I was actually talking with a uh, uh, some friends the other day, and their daughter uh, was on YouTube. Uh, he, he said as he was sitting there, his daughter had been on YouTube, and he looks over, and it's got on the YouTube channel. It started out just something that she always watched, and, and you know, hour, I don't know how long it had been, hour, two hours later, he looks over, and, and she's just sitting there watching, and what's on the screen is just some guys in, in their bathing suits, and they were at a pool, and he's like, oh, my gosh, what are we watching at this point? And I, and I think – that that's what can happen sometimes is one channel lead to another. And it, it's not that the kids select that. It's just that's the world we live in is, is there's some things out there. So not only would I say structure in the sense of set, setting a schedule, but also structuring what you're allowing your kids to partake in uh, during this time of, of, of while we're still out, especially as, as school starts to, to go back. And uh, one of the last things I at least wanted to talk on is, is the idea of, of attitudes. And when I think of those family projects, you know, I can't help but sit back and think about how, you know, if you're going through the photo album, how you can share, how you can laugh and how you can do uh, that. That's probably what that would lead to. And, as you know, I, I'm thinking about me trying to learn how to cook as a kid. I can remember some of the things that I did and just it still brings back joy and, and those kind of things. And I think we are currently in a, in a pandemic of not even just a pandemic of COVID, but a pandemic of uh, not having joy, just just being so worried, so anxious. So one of the things I would say as a parent is be careful what, what kind of you're reflecting to your children, to your students, the attitude that you would have as well. And, and, and I know there's, you know, there's different things we can get fired up about the idea of wearing a mask, don't wear a mask, uh, where the, where the virus came from. If there's a cure, like there's a lot of things we could argue and we could debate about. But ultimately at the end of the day, I would say what kind of attitude are you reflecting to, to your child or to your student? Because obviously, what you're reflecting to them, um, they're gonna they're gonna take hold of, and 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 they're gonna they're gonna either repeat it whether they understand it or not. If we're talking at a child level, or they're gonna gain the sense of attitude and issues and frustration because they can see it on you too, and they're gonna reflect that to whoever they're around. So be very, just be cautious about how uh, you're you're being with your kids during this pandemic. I would say I would challenge you to uh, constantly just share Christ and 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 help them to be able to experience the joy side of these things and, and find the good in, uh, in everything that's happening through this. Um, so that's kind of all I had, Andrew. Is there any other kind of things that you think would be helpful during this uh, with, our, with our topic of COVID? I, I think one thing I would add is obviously if you're listening to this right now, uh, it's because you want to be a good parent. Um, nobody listens and searches out for a parent podcast because uh, they're, they're apathetic or don't care. Like you're, you're listening because you – are trying to find some some ways, some keys to to be a more productive, involved parent. And so um, one thing that has struck me, I heard it at a conference years ago, and this has been rambling around in my mind ever since. Um, the preacher was talking. He says, you know, we as, as student pastors and children's pastors can't out-teach in 45 minutes what they've been taught all week. And so um, I think one thing to take into consideration, especially when we're coming to media and social media and every all the voices that are out there, uh, we need to be very intentional about what we're allowing the world to teach our kids, um, because 
uh, you will reap what you sow, as the scripture tells us. And so if there's a lot of these voices that are always in our kids' ears, uh, whether they're teenagers or they're, they're elementary school students or whatever, um, that is the voice that they're going to use as their main compass. And so we need to make sure that the voice that, that rings the loudest in their ears is the voice of Christ. Uh, we need to make sure that the gospel is cl- clearly presented. And so we've talked a lot about, you know, family projects and things like that we can do to be adding structure and, and be more intentional. But one thing I would encourage you to do is if you're not doing it already, spend some time every day in the word with your students uh, or with your with your teenager, with your with your elementary school uh, kid, whatever age they are. Spend some time every day praying with them, going through the word with them um, and, and spend some time as a family discussing those things which really matter. Um, because again, there's a lot of voices out there and we need to make sure that the voice that rings the loudest is the voice of Christ. Um, mm-hmm. So parents, uh, I just want to challenge you with that. If you want to be the best you can, you got to put Christ first in your family for sure. Man, of course, I guess if the, with this being a, a Christian parent podcast, I guess that's kind of what we should have started with, with all of this, right? But it, I mean, it's so true. Uh, you know, that, that's what, that should, what should be resonates the most. And, and, and that's so true. And, and thank you for that point, Andrew. So uh, that kind of gets us to the end of this podcast here. Uh, we kind of went over some things, and, and, and I don't think this discussion is done because I know there's probably going to be more that comes out in the future. Uh, but I think it was a great first start, a great first episode here for our GBC Parent Podcast. And so one of the things I just want to do, obviously a plug for the church here, if, if you are looking for a church home or uh, we have a lot of online resources, we'd love for you to come as well. But, of course, if, if you're not quite ready uh, to experience in-person services anymore, uh, feel free to go to our website, uh, templebaptistcoleman.com. A lot of great resources on there. We record uh, both student and children lessons on there, as well as life group material, all kinds of great stuff on there. Uh, So we encourage you to go to our website. Um, As always, check us out on social media. Uh, Click on there, follow us. Uh, You'll see more podcasts to come. Uh, Not only with just Brother Andrew, which was very good today. Thank you again for joining us. Uh, But we'll have some other speakers along the way as well. So uh, thanks for tuning in episode one and uh, we can't see you for episode two see y'all later